Next week is my birthday. I'll be three quarters of a century old. Which, of course in my weird way of thinking, brings me to the fact that this month is insulin's 100th birthday. That same insulin that keeps me going now that I have only one third of my pancreas left due to cancer. That same insulin that keeps diabetics, both type 1 and type 2, going. I was curious about how all this came about. Many thanks to the American Diabetes Association for their comprehensive explanation. Photo by Mikhail Nylov on Pexels.com Before insulin was discovered in 1921, people with diabetes didn't live for long, there wasn't much doctors could do for them. The most effective treatment was to put patients with diabetes on very strict diets with minimal carbohydrate intake. This could buy patients a few extra years but couldn't save them. Harsh diets, some prescribed as little as 450 calories a day, sometimes even caused patients to die of starvation. So how did this wonderful breakthrough blossom? Let's travel back a little more than 100 years ago. In 1889, two German researchers, Oskar Minkowski and Joseph von Mehring, found that when the pancreas gland was removed from dogs, the animals developed symptoms of diabetes and died soon afterward. This led to the idea that the pancreas was the site where pancreatic substances, insulin, were produced. Later experimenters narrowed this search to the islets of Langerhans, a fancy name for clusters of specialized cells in the pancreas. In 1910, Sir Edward Albert Sharpie Schaefer suggested only one chemical was missing from the pancreas in people with diabetes. He decided to call this chemical insulin, which comes for the Latin word insula, meaning island. So what happened next? Something truly miraculous. In 1921, a young surgeon named Frederick Banting and his assistant Charles Best figured out how to remove insulin from a dog's pancreas. Skeptical colleagues said the stuff looked like thick brown muck, but little did they know this would lead to life and hope for millions of people with diabetes. With this murky concoction, Banting and Best kept another dog with severe diabetes alive for 70 days, the dog died only when there was no more extract. With this success, the researchers, along with the help of colleagues J.B. Collip and John McLeod, went a step further. A more refined and pure form of insulin was developed, this time from the pancreases of cattle. In January 1922, Leonard Thompson, a 14-year-old boy dying from diabetes in a Toronto hospital, became the first person to receive an injection of insulin. Within 24 hours, Leonard's dangerously high blood glucose levels dropped to near-normal levels. The news about insulin spread around the world like wildfire. In 1923, Banting and McLeod received the Nobel Prize in Medicine, which they shared with Best and Collip. Thank you, diabetes researchers. Soon after, the medical firm Eli Lilly started large-scale production of insulin. It wasn't long before there was enough insulin to supply the entire North American continent. In the decades to follow, manufacturers developed a variety of slower-acting insulins, the first introduced by Novo Nordisk Pharmaceuticals Incorporated in 1936. Insulin from cattle and pigs was used for many years to treat diabetes and saved millions of lives, but it wasn't perfect, as it caused allergic reactions in many patients. The first genetically engineered, synthetic human insulin was produced in 1978 using E. coli bacteria to produce the insulin. Eli Lilly went on in 1982 to sell the first commercially available biosynthetic human insulin under the brand name Humulin. Insulin now comes in many forms, from regular human insulin identical to what the body produces on its own, to ultra-rapid and ultra-long-acting insulins. Thanks to decades of research, people with diabetes can choose from a variety of formulas and ways to take their insulin based on their personal needs and lifestyles. From Humalog to Novolog and insulin pens to pumps, insulin has come a long way. It may not be a cure for diabetes, but it's literally a lifesaver.
Naturally, I had to know who I recognized that might have died from diabetes or diabetes-related complications. Ranker.com was helpful here. Alexander Graham Bell in 1922. Johnny Cash in 2003. Carol O'Connor in 2011. Buddy Hackett in 2003, personal note, I remember seeing him perform while I was a cocktail waitress in one of the Catskill Mountain Borscht Belt hotels where I earned my college tuition. James Cagney in 1986. Ella Fitzgerald in 1996. Penny Marshall in 2018. Jules Verne in 1905. Nell Carter in 2003. William F. Buckley Jr. in 2008. Okay, I get it that Mr. Bell and Mr. Verne died before insulin was in common use, but what did the others die of? According to the New York Times, Mr. Cagney not only had diabetes, but had suffered several strokes. The Los Angeles Times tells us that Ms. Fitzgerald died of heart disease and stroke. I went to the Tennessean to discover that Mr. Cash died of respiratory failure brought on by complications from diabetes. The Washington Post mentions that Mr. Hackett had diabetes. The New York Post points out that Ms. Carter had suffered from diabetes for years. The Guardian explained that Mr. Buckley suffered from diabetes and emphysema. Wikipedia informs us that Mr. O'Connor died of a heart attack brought on by complications from diabetes. Ms. Marshall died of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease and diabetes according to USA Today. My point? Diabetes doesn't exist in a vacuum. If not taken care of, there can be other comorbidities that seem to sneak in. We know that high blood glucose can damage your small blood vessels, including those in the kidneys. It's the kidneys that filter your blood. If your kidneys are not working properly, perhaps due to diabetes damage, fluids and wastes build up in your body. A body that doesn't function as well as it could will lead to other illnesses. Take care of your diabetes. Work with your endocrinologist to find the correct dosage and brand of insulin you need. And be thankful for insulin. I know I certainly am. Until next week. Keep living your life.